Yo, 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 yo. Good evening and happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to episode 161 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe, and thank you again for listening. Another Tuesday, another NFL and college football recap episode as I'll do a recap of Georgia's triumph over TCU and last night's national championship game. And I'll do a recap of week 18 in the NFL, along with my takeaways from week 18 in the NFL, coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. All right, now without further ado, let's get episode 161 started. Well, I'm going to start my opening tape in college football. Last night was the national championship game between Georgia and TCU. And of course, the national championship turned out to be a complete joke. Yep, Georgia dominated this game from start to finish. They beat um, TCU, or should I say they destroyed TCU, 65-7. The closest this game ever was was 10-7 early when um, TCU had one big pass play and then got down the field and scored and cut it to 10-7. But their defense basically just got ran over. Georgia did anything they wanted to to TCU when they wanted to. They They could pick any play and TCU had no answers whatsoever. And as for the Georgia defense... After having two bad games, where they basically were giving up like 500 yards, playing first in the um, SEC championship to LSU, and then that big scare that they had in the um, college football semifinals versus Ohio State, a game which you could argue they could they should have lost. But last night they looked like the defense that we're used to seeing. I mean, they looked like a top five defense. Stetson Bennett, who was the um, the MVP, had 304 yards, four touchdown passes, no interceptions. He also had 39 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Kenny McIntosh, only 50 yards. And Brunson Robinson, 42 yards rushing. Brock Bowers, I mean, he was killing it. 152 yards receiving one touchdown. In a losing effort... Max Duggan had 152 yards and two interceptions. In the running game, I mean, Amari Del Mercado had 59 yards, but only 50, only 36 yards rushing as a team. Of course, a lot of losses and sacks. Darius um, Davis had 101 yards receiving for TCU, and their best player, Quentin Johnson, was held to three yards receiving. It was like, they, I mean, it's, it's, you would think he was not, not on the field, but they they were not able to get him the football last night. I mean, he was totally shut down. So now for Georgia, they repeated as national champions. And it looks like they're on their way to becoming a dynasty. They're on their way to becoming the Alabama of the 2020s. Georgia's basically telling um, college football that Alabama had the 2010s we gonna own the 2020s and right now they look they look to be heading that direction even though they're gonna probably lose a lot of players defensive players to the NFL 
Stetson Bennett is going to close out a wonderful career. But still, your recruiting class is going to be top five. So what that means is they're, they're, going, to, they're going to be one of the top five um, recruiting classes in college football. So they're going to have a lot of five-star players coming there. As for TCU, all I can say is they had a good season. I mean, they had a nice little Cinderella run. They won games throughout the year that they had no business winning. And they pulled off a big upset, upsetting Michigan in the semifinals. But in this game, they were just clearly an inferior team compared to Georgia. The only thing I can say for TCU is they're gonna be they're gonna lose, of course, Max Duggan and Quentin Johnson. So they're gonna hope they can find some um, five-star recruits to come to their programs and maybe see if they can make another run at it. But you gotta give them kudos for having a good season. But it's just not meant to be. And of course, that ends the college football segment. Now let's move to the NFL. We're going to start off with the Buffalo Bills versus the New, New, New um, England Patriots. Now, we all know this is Buffalo's first game since the Monday night um, horrific um, scare that was stu- that suffered on the field by safety Damar Hamlin. So, one has to wonder, could Buffalo get up for this game? Of course, New England, coming into this game, win and they were in. But you know what? I will, the MVP of this game, in my view, is Neum Hines. He had 235 yards and in kickoff return, including a 100-run touchdown run. The reason I say he's the MVP is because the first the first play to, the, the first um play the game for Buffalo. When, when, when he got the ball first, he ran it back 100 yards for the touchdown. That got them going. I mean, that really sparked the Buffalo Bills. And also, when this game was close and it was tied, he had another kickoff, and he went back again for a touchdown. This one, 96 yards. And that put Buffalo ahead for good. And they never looked back. Josh Allen had 254 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. James Cook, 45 yards rushing. And Delvin Singleton, 29 yards rushing. Stephon Diggs had 104 yards and one TD. John Brown, 42 yards and one TD. And Gabe Davis, 39 yards receiving. Mac Jones, bad game. He had 243 yards. He had three touchdowns, but he had three interceptions. Romadon Drake, I mean Stevenson, I'm sorry, 54 yards um, receiving. Damian Harris, 48 yards um, rushing. Devontae Parker, 79 yards and two touchdowns. My guy, Kendrick Bourne, 45 yards receiving. And Hunter Henry, 42 yards receiving. Jacoby Myers, 32 yards. Now for the Buffalo Bills, what this does, it, it secures the fact that if they, if they play Kansas City 
who got the number one seed after beating the Raiders. Not much to see it. Not much to say about that game. That means it will be on a neutral site. Still, I think it's a terrible idea, but that's what it is. So it'll be interesting to see what Buffalo does, especially in their first playoff game versus the Miami Dolphins. For the New England Patriots, going forward, Bill Belichick needs to look in the mirror and find out where he went wrong this season. First, he needs to start with his offense. Mac Jones had a pretty decent rookie season. And then in the second, in this year, he's kind of taken some steps backwards. And of course, this falls at the feet of the offensive coordinators, or let's say double coordinators, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. They need to be relieved of their duties. And, he, and Bill Belichick needs to bring in a real offensive coordinator that can take Mac Jones to the next level. Now let's move on to Jacksonville versus Tennessee Titans. Now this game was whoever won, won the NFC, AFC South, and well, we hosting a playoff game. Jacksonville came out on top 20 to 16. Now Tennessee was leading most of the way in this game, but in the fourth quarter, the defense came up with a forced fumble on quarterback Joshua Dobbs and Josh Allen I'm talking about the um, defensive end picked it up and went in for the touchdown which won the game for them Trevor Lawrence had 212 yards and one TD not much in the running game in, in this one Travis Tietjen only had 17 yards rushing Christian Kirk 99 yards one TD Melvin George 29 yards and Evan Ingram 27 yards Joshua Dobbs in a losing effort 179 yards 1 TD 1 interception Derrick Henry was running hard in this one he had 109 yards on 32 rushes and Chigozen Okanon if I said that wrong my apologies 42 yards receiving in 1 TD Robert Woods 40 yards receiving for Jacksonville, I mean, what a turnaround. I mean, last year they were 3-14. and 14. It was a total dumpster fire. But this year, Doug Peterson came in and turned it around and made Trevor Lawrence the quarterback that we all know he could be. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how they do in their first playoff game and then we play in the same the um, LA Chargers. Actually, really, that's going to be a pretty good matchup. As for Tennessee, going forward, they're going to have to address the quarterback situation. I mean, Tannehill did get hurt, yes. And of course, Malik Willis is still a, um, a project. But they have to wonder if Tannehill is the answer going forward. I mean, he's getting up there in age. I mean, he can only take them as far as they can. I don't think they can go any further with him as quarterback. So going forward, Tennessee needs to address the quarterback situation. What do you need to do? Maybe they need to bring in a free agent quarterback and move on from Tannehill? Draft one? Or they need to bring in a, a good offensive coordinator who can help develop Malik Willis. 
Now let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Baltimore Ravens. Cincinnati won this game 27-16. What that means is they have to play Baltimore again. But this, but if Baltimore had won this game, they would they they would be playing again, and they'd have to decide a coin flip on where they're going to play. Don't have to worry about that now. Cincinnati took care of business and made sure Baltimore is going to come back to Cincy for the playoffs. Of course, there was no Lamar Jackson in this one, and it's still his status is still up in the air to see if he's going to play this coming weekend for the playoffs. Joe Burrow had 215 yards passing, one TD. Joe Mixon, 27 yards rushing, 41 yards receiving. Jamar Chase, 86 yards receiving, one TD. Tyler Boyd, 51 yards receiving. Of course, there was no Lamar Jackson, and their second-string quarterback, Tyler Hundley, wasn't even in the lineup as well. So they had to go to third-string quarterback, Anthony Brown, 286 yards and two interceptions. Kenyon Drake, 60 yards and one TD rushing. And Isaac Likely, 103 yards receiving. Sammy Watkins, 79 yards. And of course, he had a big fumble in that game, which cost them dearly. For Cincinnati, I mean, they were on an emotional roller coaster ride after that um, incident with DeMar Hammond as well. So they came out and they handled business. Now, the question is will they be able to handle business a, third, a second time versus Baltimore? This will be the third time that they've played. And of course, when, you play, when you're in the same division, beating a team three times, meet, well, in this case, it was it's 1-1. So, you know, Baltimore won the earlier matchup. They had Lamar Jackson then. Cincinnati won this one. So it's 1-1. So it's going to be interesting, Matt. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how, the, how these two teams play in their playoff matchup. Now let's move on to the New York Giants versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles won this game 22-16. And of course, with that win, the Eagles have secured the number one spot, which that means they have home play, home field advantage throughout the, play, the playoffs. That means to get to the Super Bowl in the NFC, you have to go through Philadelphia. The Giants did what I, I knew they were going to do. They were going to check out this game and rest their starters. Jalen Hurts came back so he can have at least one game so he has that week off and you don't look rusty. He had 229 yards and one TD. It wasn't a great game. Uh, Boston Scott had 54 yards rushing in one TD. Miles Sanders, 33 yards rushing. Now, as for um, the Giants, Davis Webb, who I guess they got off the practice squad, had 168 yards, one TD. He had 41 yards rushing in one TD. No Saquon Barkley, so Gary, Gary Brightwell, 60 yards rushing. Um, Lawrence K- Lawrence Cager, 69 yards receiving. Marcus Johnson, 6- 36 yards receiving. And Kenny Holloway, 30 yards receiving and one TD. The Giants are going to be going to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. A rematch of their early season matchup where the Giants gave the Vikings all they can handle. But the Vikings squeaked squeak by with a 61-yard field goal to win that game. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Giants' um, game plan is in this one. 
Now let's move on to Arizona versus my San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers won this game 38-13. And with that win, they secured the number two spot. So they have so they're guaranteed to at least get two home games if they if they get two victories. It was a close game early. I mean Minnesota, I mean Arizona stroke first with a big pass play to um AJ Green. And after that, the Niners defense clamped down and did not allow any second half points. They blew it open in the third in the third quarter and in the fourth. And they were able to rest the star players. Brock Purdy had 178 yards and three TDs, no interceptions. Welcome back, Elijah Mitchell, who's been in and out of the lineup this season. 55 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, 45 yards rushing, 34 yards receiving in one TD. Brandon Ayuk had 59 yards receiving, and he, he posted his first 1,000-yard season of his career. George Kittle, two touchdowns, only 29 yards. Debo only had 20 yards receiving, but I think the goal wasn't to play the, not to play Debo as much and saying they were Elijah Mitchell. Get these guys rested. Let them play, knock off some rust, and get ready for the playoffs. Dave, David Blah, 180 yards, um, passing, one TD, two, two interceptions. Arizona had only 61 yards rushing as a team. And of course, A.J. Green had 91 yards. That was their only offense. Now for my Niners, they're going to be hosting the Seahawks. And this is the third time they're going to be playing. They beat the Seahawks twice. It's not going to be easy to beat them a third time because the Seahawks they come in with a little momentum they got the win and got into the playoffs over um, the, the um, LA Rams so it doesn't mean anything if they don't beat them this time I'm sure that's a lesson they learned last year when they beat the Rams twice but they didn't beat them when it counts so for my Niners they need to be up for this one. As for Arizona I mean, this has been a total dumpster fire season. I mean, it's it is falling apart for them. I'm gonna talk more about that in my takeaways. So stay tuned for that. Now let's go on to the Detroit Lions versus the Green Bay Packers. Unfortunately for the Lions, they were eliminated from the playoffs no matter what because the Seahawks defeated the Rams. But they did go in there and, and beat the Packers 20 to 16. They did what Dan Campbell said they were going to do. He said, we're not going to the playoffs. They're not going to the playoffs either. So the simple fact is the the Green Bay Packers will be sitting at home with the Detroit Lions and the rest of us. Jared Goff had 224 yards, no TDs, no interceptions. Jamal Williams, 72 yards and two TDs. Kalef Raymond, 66 yards receiving. DeAndre Swift, 61 yards receiving. And Amon Ra St. Brown, 49 yards. And a losing effort, Aaron Rodgers had, had 170 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Aaron Jones had 48 yards rushing. AJ Dillon, 33 yards. Christian Watson, 104 yards receiving. And Alan Lazard, 41 yards and one TD. For the Lions, I said this earlier in one of my episodes, they are one draft pick away of of being a formidable team. 
I mean, they got the right coach for this team. A guy who goes in there and and, and gives and they, and, the, and the team follows him. I mean, they'll go through a wall for Dan Campbell because he has them ready to play every every game, even if they lose. Imagine what the Lions would look like if if they had won four or five of those games that they lost this season. As for the Packers, we all know what's what's coming. The questions. Is this it for Aaron Rodgers? Will Aaron Rodgers decide to walk away from the $50 million that he's going to be paid and decide to hang it up? Or will he decide to force his way out of Green Bay and go to a different team? So... This is going to be the biggest um, story of the offseason. Or one of the biggest stories of the offseason. Will Aaron Rodgers return or will he retire? Now let's move on to my takeaways from week 18 in the NFL. First takeaway. We got some good news on Damar Hamlin. He's been discharged from a Cincinnati hospital. And he'll be uh, flying back to Buffalo to receive further treatment. Now, this is good news on the front. He was able to watch the game in his hospital bed. He was able to speak to the team that Friday through FaceTime. So now, going forward, let's just hope that this young man is able to recover and live a normal life. Whether he plays football again or not is irrelevant. It's all about living a good life with his young man. And another good news is because he got injured, they were talking about his salary, but they're going to work to try to get his salary fully guaranteed for the season. And I think that's a great thing. Second takeaway. Well, usually this is Black Monday. And Black Monday means a lot of coaches are getting fired. Two of them got fired. I want to talk about both of those ones. First one is Lovey Smith. I ain't luck. This shouldn't surprise no one. Lovey Smith was was not put in a position to succeed. I mean, they didn't even want to hire him. They just did that, you know, to save face. I mean, the, the, the Houston Texans was a dumpster fire. I mean, a hot mess. Total garbage. They didn't give Lovey Smith a chance to succeed. They just brought him there so he could tank. So he can get the top one of the top two picks. Now they got the number they got the number two pick in the draft. Chances are they're gonna probably draft a quarterback. Now, who's gonna be the head coach going forward? Uh, they were talking about my guy, D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator. But I, I just hope that D'Amico Ryan's just look at that situation carefully and say, nah, man, I'm good. You know, look for other opportunities like the Denver, maybe even Carolina. You know, other opportunities where, the re- where they'll give the resources there to succeed. And besides, and I hate to bring a racial component to this, but... I, if, if I'm a black coach, I, I I think Houston would be one place I would stay away from. 
I mean, look what they did to Lovey Smith and look what they did to David Cully the year before. One and done. Just threw him in there to tank and, and then get rid of him. So I would stay away from the Houston, as far away from the Houston Texans as possible. If I'm a black, a, a black a head coaching candidate. Now Cliff Kingsbury, another one that's not surprising. This needed this the fact that he even got this job is deplorable, and I've mentioned this several times. It goes to show the NFL hiring is a complete joke. This man had a losing record in college football. He had Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, and you still had a losing record. But yet, Arizona decided, well, he coached Patrick Mahomes, so that should be enough. He should be able to um, do wonders for Kyler Murray. <laughs> Look what's happened since him and Kyler Murray have been together. They've only had one good season, but they've been terrible the other three seasons. Now Arizona paid Kyler Murray all this big money, and they, then they extended Cliff Kingsbury to an extension. So it was like a package deal. But now there's been talk that Kyler Murray and uh, and, and um, Cliff Kingsbury's relationship has soured. But either way. This guy should have never gotten a job. So they, they, and I think Arizona realized they made a huge mistake and decided to cut their losses and eat their money. They're getting exactly what they deserve. Third takeaway, staying on Arizona. There's been a, um, there's been um, talk that Arizona maybe get getting ready to move DeAndre Hopkins. That they're going to try to trade him away. Because he's got two years left on his deal and I guess they're trying to recoup some of that money. Well, for DeAndre Hopkins, he should be jumping for joy. Because basically, Arizona's going to be in, in a rebuilding mode for the, for the next couple of seasons. I'm going to give you three teams that I believe should pursue DeAndre Hopkins. The first one, the Baltimore Ravens. That's right. Lamar Jackson should be in the front office after the season. And, 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 and advocate hard for the Ravens to get DeAndre Hopkins. Lamar Jackson has not had a number one receiver his whole career. Why is it all, all the other good quarterbacks have at least a top number a top receiver, but Lamar Jackson's got a bunch of twos and threes? So Lamar Jackson need to advocate hard for the for, for DeAndre Hopkins. Because I think this would make this would make him an excellent quarterback. I mean, he's already a good quarterback now, but this would take his game to a whole nother level to have that number one guy. I mean, he already has a security blanket in Mark Edwards, but DeAndre Hopkins would put Lamar Jackson and the Ravens over the top. The second team that I think should pursue DeAndre Hopkins, wait for it, the Cleveland Browns. That's right. Deshaun Watson is there. And they were they were a tandem in Houston. If I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm in I'm in the front office of the Cleveland Browns. And he need to say the following. I will give you some most some of my salary back if it'll help bring DeAndre Hopkins to Cleveland. 
Because think about it. They're in a division with with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. He's got his, he's got his Joe Burrow has his number one. So if you're going to compete with the um, Cincinnati Bengals, bringing the bringing the Andre Hopkins, the Cleveland, and and reuniting with Deshaun Watson, they're going to be very they would be very formidable. And the third team that I think should pursue DeAndre Hopkins, the Green Bay Packers. Now, we don't know the status of Aaron Rodgers, but how much do you want to bet if they brought, if they said, if they said to Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packer organization, that we're going to bring in DeAndre Hopkins? How much you would bet Aaron Rodgers will say, I'll be back next year? Because he'll finally have that number one receiver. And you pair and you and you bring it you pair up with Christian Watson, who's shown who's shown some leaps and bounds this year in his rookie. So you could you you pair up with DeAndre Hopkins, and the Packers are gonna still dominate. It's gonna get back to dominating that division, the um NFC North division. Now the Vikings took it for this year. Third take fourth, yeah, this is um yeah, fourth takeaway. Justin Fields, the Bears, and the number one pick. Now, the general manager of the Bears said this. He would only draft a quarterback if blown away. Even though he reiterated that Justin Fields is his quarterback. To me, that seems like the general manager seems like he left left it open air. Is he saying that yeah, Justin Fields, you're the quarterback, but if I but if I see Bryce Young, I might end up um, drafting Bryce Young. If I'm Justin Fields, I would probably go to the front office and just be just make sure that emphatically he's the guy going forward. And if he and if and if there's a and if there's something that gives him the indication that he's not the guy going forward. Maybe he would, maybe he would call his agent and say, "Let's talk about getting a trade." Because Justin Fields made leaps and bounds this year. He had his struggles, but look, he's a one-man team. He can't do it all. I mean, football is a team sport. I mean, he had no offensive line. He only had one um, play, I mean, playmaker at wide receiver. So, what do you expect the man to do? And of course. They have a defense that traded away all their good players and it's gotten worse. So what's he supposed to do? So if I'm if I'm I'm Justin Fields, he need to just, you know, look at the look of see if there's any red flags within the um Bears front office and see whether he needs to get out of there and go to a team that's gonna build around him. Next takeaway. Roquan Smith got a big payday in the end of the, at the end of the season. Roquan Smith got a five-year, hundred million dollar extension. Now he's he's probably one of their best defensive players, so he deserved that extension. What that does for Baltimore means that franchise tag is going to be saved for Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson getting a big payday. We'll have to wait and see, but it looks like he's looks like he's going to get that franchise tag. And my final takeaway, coach of the year. There's so many, there's a couple of guys that I think 
should be in the running for coach of the year. We'll start with Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson came in to Jacksonville looking 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 a mess. I mean, Urban Meyer left that place in shambles. Doug Peterson came in and turned things around. Made Trevor made Trevor Lawrence the quarterback that we know he could be. Got the team to win the to the NFC AFC South. Won it and now hosting the playoff game. Now how far he goes, will be we'll, we'll, we'll see on Saturday. But Doug Peterson deserves all the credit for turning this Jacksonville team around. Next guy who I think should be in the running for coach of the year, my coach, Kyle Shanahan. He started the season with Trey Lance. He got hurt in week two. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in. And then he gets hurt against the Dolphins. Then come in Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. And now he's the number one quarterback. And he's been undefeated since he um, took over the reins. How, how many coaches go through three quarterbacks in one season and win 10 games in a row? Usually, if you're going through three quarterbacks in one season, that means your season is was over for quite some time. But now the Niners are, are the number one, are the number two seed, and have a chance to compete for the Super Bowl. So I would say that my guy Kyle Shanahan it should be the running for Coach of the Year. Another um, guy who I think should be coach of the year, I think it's Mike Tomlin. Yeah, sure. I know they're not going to the playoffs this year, but look, the man has never had a losing season in 16 years. The man, even if he hasn't made the playoffs, he's at least had above 500 record. I mean, how can how can you how can you how can you um deny that? So I'm going to say Mike Tomlin deserves some love. We all know that next season he's going to um he's going he's going to build a better team and they're going and they're going and they're going to um be competing. That's one you can one thing you can say about um Mike Tomlin teams, they come to compete. You got to play 60 minutes of football in order to beat them. So I'm going to go with those three guys as the guys I believe should be should be the top three for coach of the year. And now this will conclude episode 161 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe. Thank you again for listening, downloading, and streaming. I appreciate it very much. You can follow this podcast and stream it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and wherever you stream your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13 and follow my Facebook page, Sports Takes Galore with Gabe. I'd like to thank everyone for listening, downloading, and streaming. Have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you again on Friday. Bye-bye.